heart. World's most pissed off snow cone. Maybe you can hum the theme song Won't hold it against you if you get parts wrong While the memory's not too strong There's a piece of you from a time long gone So while these fuzzy warm feelings remain question we ask is still the same Is it a treasure or just plain lame? Is this still good? Hey there, Santa babies. Welcome to a very holiday episode of Is This Still Good? I'm the host, Gavin Murray, the only host. I'm the host? <laughs> Excuse me? I'm Sage Bilderbeck. I'm the actual host. Okay, well, whatever. We're here to talk about the 1934 comic color classic, Jack Frost. What the hell are you talking about? Deck the halls with your bullshit, because we are talking about the 1998 <laughs> oh, no. Jack Frost, starring Michael Keaton, sir. Uh, 1997, and M- Michael Keaton <laughs> is not in this movie. It's a, it's oh, a no. slasher movie. It's a snowman that kills people, uh, and I figured, because Gavin and I have a uh, winter horror movie coming out on December 28th, Red Snow, that uh, that's that was the plan, right? That does make an awful lot of thematic sense. I think we goofed again. Uh, well, Wait, did I we watch three Jack Frost? I watched we... the clearly obvious Jack Frost that we all grew up on. Uh, I grew up on the horror Michael Jack, Keaton, Frost. Jack Frost. I grew up on the cartoon Comic Color Classic from 1934. No one knows what the fuck you're talking about, Gavin. That's true. I guess we'll probably let that one slide. But that aside, it's time for the first annual Jack Frost off. Ding, 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 That's right. Ding. That sounds pretty dirty, Gavin. <laughs> I don't get I, it. I do Can wish you explain that there it to was me in lurid detail? another way to refer to this, but it's the only thing I have uh, that's coming to me at least. And as we all mm. know, Christmas came early this year, and so that is a joke that I wish wasn't in a movie. Gross. <laughs> Jack Frost um, each other. Yeah, so we're here to talk about uh, several Jack Frosts. Um, one has Michael Keaton in his Frost, uh, an attempt will. at a heartwarming um, tale of fatherhood and redemption, and another is a uh, slasher film about a serial killer who has become a living breathing melting freezing snowman um the jack frost that we all knew and loved (laughs) as children yeah yeah and and we'll probably not really talk about my cartoon once one too much your cartoon but i'll drop it in the links for anyone who wants a weird wholesome strange time about a little bear who runs away from home and is attacked by old man winter and jack frost has to bail him out Gavin, do you want to talk just like a couple minutes about your cartoon so we can just get it out of the way and not talk about it? <laughs> oh, I grew up with this too. I wasn't did? until I rewatched it that I remembered it. Okay. So there's hope too. Like if Sage, if you actually had gone and watched this, you might have known it too. It probably just I've been real know. busy <laughs> watching just... two separate Jack Frost that came out a year apart from each other. We do we are giving ourselves a lot of homework these days. Uh <laughs> it is exceptional. But yeah. Now, what uh, happens in this original Jack Frost? Is it different than like Frosty the Snowman? It does is. It, it is. It is quite different. It doesn't. Any of the other ones we watched. No, not in any way, shape, or form. Uh, the original, the one that I watched from 1934, is a. Uh, it's a cartoon about a little bear who's tough and he doesn't want to hibernate for winter, so he sneaks out of his house and is kidnapped by Old Man Winter. And Jack Frost, who's this magical little elf who flies around on a paint palette like the Silver Surfer, who had warned him earlier not to run away from home, has to come bail him out by turning his cage into candy. Uh, 
and the bear melts it and runs back home to his parents and, you know, everything is copacetic and warm and wonderful for the winter. So you're telling me that this house bear is a herald of Galactus? That's what I got from what you said. <laughs> no, no, Jack Frost is the herald of Galactus. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got, 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 got uh, We should probably introduce our, our guest, even though... You know, even he's warm and uh, familiar to us, and you may have heard him on other episodes of this podcast as our James Bond expert. But he does more than discuss James Bond. Sean, what else do you do? <laughs> when we let him. Uh, I talk about Freddy versus Jason oh, to right. anyone who will listen. That's true, yeah. And uh, Gavin and I work together on a, like I mentioned before, a Christmas vampire horror movie called Red Snow. Which is uh, wrapping up its festival run right now. We're playing uh, Another Hole in the Head in San Francisco. Uh, Rojo Sangre in Buenos Aires. And uh, we're coming out to DVD and digital on uh, December 28th after Christmas. <laughs> Don't ask me why. Uh, you s- send all those questions to my distributor. Well, it's a February film, right? <laughs> yeah. Let's we're go with that. For, uh, you know, yeah. Christmas vampires in July. Well, um, thanks for coming by, Sean. Do you have anything to plug? <laughs> um yeah so gavin and i worked on a christmas <laughs> vampire horror movie called red snow uh that's redsnowmovie.com december Can you 28th. spell that for us just so and, and maybe, maybe say the domain e d <laughs> now this movie does not c k f r o s t this movie does not star michael keaton um but it does star some pretty amazing folks and, uh, you know, hopefully they'll come on the podcast, too, at some point. We'll have a whole Red Snow, um, the whole cast and crew on one, at one time to talk about Lost Boys or something. We could It'll be, be a mess. We've done Lost Boys, but sure. Oh, that's right. I don't Gavin, I've been very you clear. I will have Blade anyone too, on this right? podcast. You can invite anyone on. We had your dad on. <laughs> this is true. Um, yes, we have talked Blade. But here right. we are. I, it's very hard for me to intro two Jack Frosts at the same time. Uh, we've, we've, we've. I feel like the cartoon one's done. We're out. We're out. Well, actually, so Sean, you grew up on that. Do you have any, any warm memories of? Um, I. It has that like. Thir- you said it's the '30s, right? Yeah, thirty. It has that um, fun like element of actual danger that old cartoons <laughs> have, where it does actually seem like they might kill this grizzly bear because they don't really the the form of like a narrative cartoon hasn't really been written in stone yet like they might yeah all just kill this bear so i kind of appreciate that about it i mean this is a time where people are just killing bears in real life left and right Right. yeah yeah. there are no humans i think in this story it's also a musical like every character has its own theme the bear pretty much sings the same phrase over and over again throughout and i grew up with this i still have it somewhere it's on a vhs tape compilation that are all taped off of God knows where, but it's a collection of Christmas cartoons that are all great. And, uh, you know, maybe every year I'll dig up one of those and make our guest watch it and say, you can ignore uh, the link that I send out. Look, just send the link twice if you really want me to watch it. <laughs> or don't add a third movie. <laughs> hey, you know. This is a right. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles episode. <laughs> all right. Well, which which Jack Frost do you want to talk about, Sage? I mean, I'm down to talk about both of them. <laughs> <laughs> both of them. Okay. I didn't really grow up on, on either of, Did anyone, of these movies. This was definitely the first time I'd seen the Michael Keaton movie. Yeah, same. 
okay. I, <laughs> I was mean, aware I, of it when it came out, but yeah, I watched I was like... it, but I didn't remember anything. I actually did not remember Michael Keaton. Explain was to in me it, why I didn't know who Michael Keaton was when I was nine. I, you know, I don't need to know where you were when you watched this movie or describe your childhood to me. But why did you watch this movie, Sage? <laughs> Uh, I don't because I don't, it was a movie when I was a child. I don't remember okay. if I sought it out. I don't remember if I saw it in theaters or like on. Or if someone strapped you to a chair uh, while grumbling ho, ho, ho under their breath and well, listen, taped your eyeballs open and made you watch it. We've all. What? <laughs> we've <laughs> no, all no, just me. heard me talk about on almost every episode the, the fisherman deal where you get mm-hmm. five movies for $5 for five days so that you can take your, your kid out on the boat while you're fishing and entertain him. I'm assuming I watched it that way. I watched an insane amount of movies <laughs> growing up, but they were mostly in this capacity. It was all whatever the essentially, doll, I guess, 20 cent movie store. <laughs> I think I I'm still kind of putting together whether or not you're watching a lot of movies that way or less movies. I guess, yeah, I've been kind of underestimating the amount of movies you watched as a kid. I watched a lot of movies. I watched almost no television. That's okay. what we're sharing with each other. Um, the point is, like, I don't remember how I watched this, and it's really not worth talking about. <laughs> I'm just saying that, like, I have seen this before, but it doesn't m- matter. I definitely okay. had not seen the serial killer Jack Frost. Spoiler alert, one of the Jack Frosts is a serial killer. The other one's Michael Keaton. Unfortunately, that's not the same movie, because mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. would have been great. <laughs> I mean, our Jack Frost in, in the 1997 classic is also doing quite a lot. And uh, he's got a chin that really carries the weight of the performance for him when he's in human form. Yeah, the 97 one definitely has that, like, regional theater actor troupe uh, vibe going on, which I kind of like. I'm kind of into that. I Yeah. Let, let's. I, it sounds like we're ready to, like, really quickly get the Michael Keaton one out of the way and all get to the slasher movie that <laughs> I think we're all more excited to talk about. Is that I, the case? I mean, I'm, I'm not... <laughs> Oh, okay. I don't know. I have a lot to say about the Michael Keaton one. They're right, both well, very creepy in different ways. I'm good yes. talking about like both of these because there is a lot to say. I do think we need to like <laughs> is is our shorthand just like Michael Keaton, Jack Frost, and Jack Frost. Let's find a really quick way to 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 pronoun these. Slasher, uh, Jack Frost. Yeah, Michael Frost, Michael Keaton, right. or Slasher. Okay. Okay. All right. Done. Uh, um. Well. In that case, since I think really the only one that we do have like a strong connection to uh, back, way back when is the slasher movie, let's let's go over when we first saw that. Please. Sean. Well, um, I, was, I was just saying to Gavin before we started recording, like my first vivid memory of this movie was actually the VHS cover, which if you went to a, uh, you know, Blockbuster or whatever, or your mom and pop uh, VHS rental place, it had a holographic cover like a lenticular cover or whatever you call it, where it would be the friendly Jack Frost face. And if you <laughs> walked over to the right, it would turn evil. Uh, I do remember that. And I remember that really capturing my imagination. And I was like, oh man, this must be a crazy horror movie. Uh, and I remember eventually when I was got a little bit older and was allowed to rent it, I remember feeling a little disappointed. Like mm-hmm. the movie I had conjured in my brain definitely had a you know, uh, bigger budget and was, <laughs> was actually scary. Uh, and the, the jokes landed a little better in my mind movie, but, uh, mm-hmm. I definitely like had a good time with it. And then I think I, I went a long time without seeing it. And, uh, 
I have seen it in recent years because I tend to watch a lot of like uh, Christmas horror this time of year. So it is one that I have on rotation. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely was more aware of this one to the extent that when the Michael Keaton one came out, like when there were ads for that, I was like, this is kind of weird that they're releasing a kid's movie about a snowman come to life when like there's this direct-to-video horror movie that we all at least i thought everyone was aware of yeah like they had to have been aware of it uh but they still went with that title which is kind of funny it's it came out the year after oh yeah i mean i remember this cover too i'm actually and i remember i i remember not liking this movie way back when either well, the only been but rewatching it like it all felt entirely new to me aside from the ending surprisingly which i don't think is necessarily the strongest part of the movie but i'm i'm pretty glad I, I think there's like the element of like if you like the cover as a kid which is really fun to see and on a store it definitely grabs your attention but i actually do kind of like the design of the snowman more in the movie which looks nothing like the actual cover uh that you walk by in the video store uh, so as much as I long for those those old times of walking through like Tower Records and seeing all those VHSs, it is just a reminder of how like those covers mean nothing for what's what's inside, especially if it was direct to DVD. <laughs> Which I did not realize was the case with this movie. Having not grown up on a lot of horror movies or or sought them out, I've always mm-hmm. been aware of this Jack Frost, um, but I put it in like the same thing as like Jeepers Creepers or Leprechaun mm-hmm. or like all those other nineties movies. A little that truer I, that I to the. Uh, a little truer to the covers on those, yeah. Yeah, but those movies also came out in theaters that look like real movies. Right. <laughs> I think. I, I will haven't say seen either of them. I want to. I want to revert back to Red Snow for just a second. Uh, Sean, do you want to talk about the cover for Red Snow? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, we have some misleading cover art. Uh, <laughs> I would argue more misleading than Jack Frost. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, they. Um, and I don't know if this is on us for, like, not taking, like, the kind of stills that they would want in their marketing. But mm-hmm. there's, for the American cover, at least, um, they have a model that, that I guess it's just, like, I don't know if it's a stock photo or what of, like, a female vampire who vaguely looks like Laura Kennan. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be the character of Jackie. Uh, but, yeah, just, like, a blonde vampire uh, Jackie's like, last lo- name is Frost, by the way. That is canon. Uh, <laughs> Jackie Frost. <laughs> Jackie Frost. Uh, you heard it here first. Um, yeah, and just kind of levitate. Her head is like a big head sort of floating over a little house, kind of like the Fright Night uh, cover. Yeah. but um, Very reminiscent of the Fright Night cover. And the cabin also is a stock photo. It's not the cabin right. that's in the movie. It's all the windows are lit up red. It's in sort of a clearing instead of in a de- deserted suburb in the mountains. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I just sort of assumed you get sort of the vibe. Gen- it's sort of, it's like an abstraction of what the movie's yeah. about, kind of like the Jack Frost cover. And, uh, I mean, also shout out to Olivia on the, the back cover, who is given an axe that doesn't exist in the movie. It's my favorite little weird bit of video art i was talking to our uh our mutual friend sean blau whose uh movie exile uh also has mm-hmm. denise in it 
And when that was released, he also was not happy about the cover art that his distributor gave him. And apparently they also photoshopped an axe into the hands of uh, <laughs> someone on the back. So I guess that's just like something they teach you in film marketing. In distribution. Yeah. Just put an axe on the back cover if you can. Um, now, back to Jack Snow, which does feature an axe. Um, but it's also not called Jack Snow. Did I say Jack Snow? I think uh, it's called right. Jackie Frost. It's called Jackie, Jackie Frost. Frost. It's like the Miss Ms. Pac-Man uh, <laughs> of this. Um, but yeah, I remember. I remember watching this movie way back when. Um, it did not leave much of an impression, aside from you know uh, we're about to probably go over the plot of it. But they kill we a snowman. Should. They kill a snowman by drowning it in antifreeze, and that's the only oh, part that stuck. Spoilers, because I'm just like <laughs> we're just we're coming in hot. This that is, is a dumb. pro spoiler pro bit <laughs> podcast. Uh, it's like in the episode forties. If you're here for the first time, thank you. But like, we're going to spoil movies for you. Yeah, we're going to spoil and, two uh, movies for you. And and a cartoon. <laughs> we already spoiled uh, a cartoon. Yeah, the cartoon's already spoiled. Um, I don't know. Sage, do you want to try? Um, let's go ahead and and summarize this film. The plots are remarkably similar. I will say, <laughs> at least the setup. All right, so Michael Keaton is the mm-hmm. front man in a rock band called the Jack Frost Band because that's his name, Jack Frost, not to be confused with Jack Frost serial killer. We're doing one at a time, right? You don't want me to weirdly amalgamate. I assumed them. you were going to do a serial killer one, but you keep you, you keep doing you. <laughs> Let's just do uh, a I Pulp Fiction why I style. <laughs> I think, should we just say that, should one person just do the jack frost serial killer and one person do the michael keaton blues Thought that was what was gonna happen same but thank time? you for mansplaining it to me at the same time oh uh no we should not yeah, yeah no, i'm just kidding that's a terrible idea please continue so uh michael keaton is a struggling musician although he is playing gigs and uh everyone seems to be pretty happy being on stage given that performance uh, there's a back to the future guy in the, i'm sorry who's sorry. I, <laughs> who's yeah, doing this continue. yeah continue. it's on it's on live tv and there's even a back to the future style call which is like check this out we got to sign these guys are you listening to this new sound uh from this blues rock harmonica band from colorado somewhere <laughs> it's, so it's frank zappa's son who says that weirdly enough <laughs> that's great see that's that's useful constructive info gavin <laughs> Um, goes, goes home to his, to his family, misses his kid's hockey game because he's, um, he's in a recording session. Basically, music is this guy's life, and he's waiting for his big break, and he's working hard at it, uh, but at the sacrifice of, uh, spending some time with his kid. In fact, he gets called in for an opportunity on Christmas, and, um, bails on his, his kid and wife who are going to spend Christmas in the, in the cabin, uh, except, just kidding, he makes it, what, like, two hours down the road, and everyone in the band's like, you should go spend time with your family, and he's like, yes, what am I thinking? I'm gonna turn around. Uh, but it's snowing, and he crashes off a guardrail, and he's dead. Cut to one year later, and an important thing that I missed, which is he builds snowmen with his kid. That's kind of, that's kind of their bonding experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a year later, his son... Uh, Bill, who was very sad about not having a dad, because as they keep telling you in this film, not having a dad sucks. It sucks. He builds a snowman, 
and he plays his his magic harmonica that his dad gave him before he drove off of a bridge, leaving him fatherless. Um, and the snowman comes to life, and it's voiced by Michael Keaton, and he reconnects with his kid and spends time with him. And the the drama from there on out is just like just like Frosty the Snowman keeping Dad from melting. <laughs> and while while Dad stops bullies from picking on I just I just started confusing those movies in my head where I was like did Michael Keaton trick someone into running a sled over a child's head and cutting it off no No, that was a different movie that was a different movie my bad but Michael Keaton does (laughs) so so I I tend to skip over like a lot of the texture of the film when I'm giving the summary uh which is that Michael Keaton bonds with his son by uh by having sled fights and um, snowball fights and, and snowball fights and yeah helping snowboarding him against against bullies and just having having a grand old winter time as a all, all the family escapades you would expect from what's it's not a disney film but it's a disney film <laughs> i like um specifically i want to call out the bullies who pick on him in the beginning and he outsmarts them because he's the brains the of the operation seventh graders yeah, and then uh, after his dad dies, they're picking on him again. And he just looks sad, and all the bullies, except for the main bully, goes, "Man, it's no fun picking on this kid after his dad died." <laughs> <laughs> and then later on, the one bully who was still into picking on him never had a dad. He never had a dad. And that when sucks. the snowman talks to him and says, "Like, hey, man, back up off my kid," he's like, "Damn." Snow Dad's better than No Dad. That's the best line <laughs> in any of these movies. It's my favorite line are, from any movie. There are so many bad lines in these two movies combined. Oh, yes. Like, my God. They're uh, they're quippy motherfuckers. <laughs> Michael Keaton saying, Man, my balls are freezing. And I never thought I'd say it in that in that manner. And it's like, what manner have you been saying that? Why are you specifying how cold your balls are? Well, Gavin, do you know the difference between snowmen and snowwomen? Oh, God. Don't come at me with which one of these movies has the worst lines. They've got snowballs. Yes. Yeah, that Both is, weirdly uh, Snowballs are better than snowballs, no Gavin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, Sage, one thing you sort of uh, skipped past was the magic harmonica that brings his dad back. That's the device. I said uh, that. You meant oh, you got something that? different? You mentioned yeah. it, but we should harp on it. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, for one, it's crazy <laughs> that this is a movie where the dad dies at the beginning and is brought back as a snowman. Correct. I mean, it's crazy that it goes that dark. And then it's also crazy that it's a year after he dies. So presumably mm-hmm. he's experienced some kind of afterlife. Yes. Uh, or, or maybe not. Maybe it was just like that. Maybe I'm it was thinking just like, the ice hell. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was in the cold hell. Which is where where you go when you don't spend enough time with your son. Yeah, when and you those... go when you're a mediocre dad. Not bad, just like loving and warm, but you don't really have your priorities in line. Yeah, and that's not why the it's, best it's dad, key... but like you do have the charisma of Michael Keaton and everyone's yeah, going to forgive you. Your wife loves you and your kids love you and you have good friends who stand by you and care about you and support your dreams. And when you want to put those dreams on pause to spend a little time with your family, they understand. And that's why it's key to call the other one the slasher Jack Frost. <laughs> because if you called them, if you said horror Jack Frost, that could apply to either. Because the scenes of the dead dad reanimated as a uncanny valley puppet snowman staring at his son or wife. 
That is really creepy. He also, like, because he's only talking to his son for the longest time, a main part of this movie is the mom going, oh no, my son is snapped. He's talking to snowmen. The depression has gone too much for him. Where do I turn for help? (laughs) Very bleak. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's right. And the only other real... Well, there's two other characters in this movie we have not mentioned. Uh, One is the best friend of Michael Keaton, the the bandmate, uh, played by Mark Addy, who is uh, King Baratheon. So it's fun to see him just playing keyboard. Uh, and uh, the coach, who is Henry Rollins, it is very scared of Snowman. <laughs> I, yeah, that's a fun bit. That was the best part of the movie for me. I did not know Henry Rollins was in this no. movie. Yeah, I was watching it, and my dad walked in, and he's like, is that the lead singer from Black Flag? <laughs> sure is. And I was like, yeah, I think it is. <laughs> yeah. Um I also like want to put out how weird it is that like at the end of the movie, the mom finally catches the his her son talking to a snowman and the snowman talking back and is like, "Oh, he wasn't crazy. My dead husband has inhabited a snowman is now and now is going to leave us forever again." And that is the that is like that's what we're supposed to accept is like she's Well, I don't, just, is that that's not closure. I mean, <laughs> just how is that he how's your called Christmas her on the phone? Right now? Oh, that's right. Yeah, like she she, she got this creepy call from yes. I guess Your her husband's ghost. <laughs> I want to do a side by side of these movies because like weird, bizarre, and uncomfortable things happen at like the same point in each movie. Um, the pacing well, thing with the, the Michael Keaton Jack Frost. What I love <laughs> is that you spend thirty minutes. You spend a full third of this movie before Michael Keaton dies. Like it's Michael Keaton's movie. Yeah. And then he dies. <laughs> the pacing of that movie was very strange. I remember pausing it like halfway through and realizing the movie was half over and I was like, Nothing has happened in this movie and it's two hours long. If anything, uh, <laughs> they just they've made me like Michael Keaton too much. <laughs> yeah. I think that they could have gotten through all of that quickly uh so we didn't so it wasn't quite as horrifying when we lose the main character of the movie let's let's pivot a little bit and summarize the other jack frost which starts much faster i would argue all right who wants who wants the duties i'll defer to to you gavin all right i guess i'll 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 give it a crack it's your turn to jack frost off (laughs) oh no Um, better than no balls <laughs> all right so we're in we've just heard a very strange uh man like man voice and and woman child voice um as we hear the story of jack frost the serial killer is making his way across the continental united states leaving a trail of cold bodies um but he gets caught he got sloppy or did he want to be caught Anyway, either way, he's heading off to the electrocution death chair thing. Uh, yep. <laughs> and uh, he has no remorse, and his prison guards are enjoying um, sending him off to become cooked. Anyway, he escapes, and as he's just about to murder the last of the guards, a toxic chemical truck that was passing by heats up and explodes, spraying him with experimental acid, and he melts his flesh rendered from his bones. 
and what was left of Jack Frost melts into blood-colored snow. But no, that's not the end of Jack Frost. Well, sorry, See, what, what color snow? Red snow. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> December 28th. <laughs> we all just got slimed. Um, yeah, the, uh, so anyway, uh, the small town sheriff who uh, arrested Jack Frost and sent him off to get uh, state-sponsored murdered. Um, <laughs> I couldn't think... I'm, I'm struggling so hard sure. to say execution. I Executed by the how you really feel about the death penalty, Gavin. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, he's haunted by Jack Frost's uh, last word or like words that he yelled at him as he was hauled off, which were, I'll find a way, I'll get you and your family and your little dog too. They don't have a dog, but you get what I'm saying. Next and, um, time you see this face, it'll tear your life apart. <laughs> um, so he's haunted by the visions of Jack Frost, the serial killer. But he's assured by the feds that uh, Jack Frost is no more. Little do they know, however, or actually they, they do know it's a secret FBI scientist organization has been tracking this acid, which has turned Jack Frost into um, half man, half snowman. He can melt like Terminator 2 and glide through bars and under doors and also shoot icicles out of his hands and he starts preying upon the small town working his way back to the small town sheriff and his family so really quick for those keeping score the uh, chemical truck was the magical harmonica of this movie <laughs> it was the means through which this dead person became a snowman with its own private agenda that it's uh it's enacting throughout making, the yeah. film yeah he's making up for like unfinished These these details matter or the whole movie falls apart continue right the science checks out uh we get our own uh very wholesome (laughs) family of the sheriff dad uh his his beautiful wife and their small child who loves his parents so goddamn much it's a little it's a little it's a lot and uh so much so that he's making his dad some special oat breakfast that clearly neither parent uh, wants to put anywhere near their mouths, um, but he puts it in a Ziploc bag for later to, sh- to you know, spread some love to his kid. This will come back later. Chekhov's um, anyway. oats. Yeah, Chekhov's oats. If there's anyway. an oat in the first mask, it's going to melt a <laughs> snowman in the third. So the sheriff uh, starts investigating murders throughout the small town um, as we are privy to a snowman showing up and murdering person after person in the small town. Eventually... Um, the feds and a weird scientist guy show up and let him in on the fact that Jack's Jack Frost has, uh, you know, become what he's become and he's, uh, out there murdering people. So they have to find a way to beat him as the small town joins together. They start chasing him with, uh, hair dryers, but that doesn't quite work. So then they shove him into a, um, furnace, but that just makes him stronger. Um, and finally, uh, the snowman attacks our hero sheriff in a car and something gets to him. Something's burning his flesh. And um, the sheriff turns to his son and says, what, what was in, what was in the back seat with the snowman? And he goes, Oh, it's just the oats that I made you. And he goes, what, what was in the oats? <laughs> uh, well, I didn't want you to get cold. So I put in antifreeze. And that's when we find out that this kid is much dumber than we ever thought he could be. So many serial uh, killers in this movie. <laughs> yeah. That's the most chilling detail of the slasher <laughs> Jack Frost, is that had Jack Frost, the killer snowman, not intervened, 
the sheriff presumably would have eaten those oats because he almost throws them away. He almost he throws them away. Has a change of heart, and he's like, "I need to prove to my child that I love him more than anything else, and will eat his godforsaken oats." Does he because have a, a change feels... of heart, or does the disembodied voice of his son say, "I made these for you, Daddy"? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of disembodied voices in this movie, too. Anywho, uh, yeah, we've also we've got a lot of bad puns and a lot of murder, and uh, thank and then uh, Jack Frost is tackled into a truck bed full of antifreeze and uh is no more or is he to be continued in jack frost 2 which is called what sean i believe it's called jack frost 2 revenge of the killer mutant snowman which is the kind of subtitle (laughs) that lets you know they're aware of the michael keaton one and there's already (laughs) been some mix-ups with the first one at the old blockbuster so they want to make sure that you know this is not the direct-to-video sequel to the Michael Keaton one. This has a killer snowman. Now, does it share a universe with Calvin and Hobbes, the trade paperback um, attack of the killer mutant snowman? Yes. Okay. I think so. Just clarify. I think so. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that that's the best I can do for, for Jack Frost, the serial killer. I wish, Sean, did you bring a book this time? <laughs> uh, no, the there, there does the not seem to be... There does not seem to be the definitive uh, chronicling of either the Michael Keaton one. If there was a book about the slasher one, I would read it. Because apparently they had some big snow problems on this one. (laughs) Namely, uh, all of the snow in the movie is fake because they shot this at Big Bear uh, in a uncharacteristically hot summer. And it's pretty damn obvious. Like, it's like the white cotton snow that, like, your local general store would put on the roof. And, like, the... It's uh, it's pretty unfortunate. Um, they didn't shoot this in Snowmonton County? No, unfortunately <laughs> not. Oh, yeah, the name of the town is Snowmonton, Colorado. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which I'm going to put solidly in the win column of Jack Frost. Or wait, is, or is the other one set in Colorado? Are these both set in Colorado? They're both set in Colorado. That is and the shot ancestral in home of Jack Frost. Wow. Sorry, yeah. Colorado. It's not worth talking about a lot, but I will point out for anyone who doesn't know, Jack Frost is like an old legendary literary character who's basically old man winter and like is, <laughs> fair enough, is like really important and like the most important <laughs> finished story but shows up in a bunch of different myths the point is jack frost is very 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 public domain and i think that's how you could get away with having two movies with the same title in consecutive years and yet they both landed on dead people inhabiting snowmen which is (laughs) beyond an ants and bugs life scenario it's like same title same basic Mm -hmm, premise mm -hmm. and i basic in the very broad sense of the word uh, but you know, like dead person. It is like if ants was business. called just Bugs Life without the A or something. No, just, <laughs> yeah, bug. <laughs> um, a bug life. Yeah. One thing we that I think we need to get out of the way, and it's life a very a unfortunate part of the slasher Jack Frost, and that is there is a pretty horrific, uh, kind of half-assed rape scene. Involving yeah. the snowman raping Shannon Elizabeth from American Pie. And it's I... played very much for laughs. And See, it's Sage's really, confusion, it's... I kind of get because it almost doesn't play as a rape scene. Yeah, into... I didn't. But the joke at the end makes it extremely clear. 
And apparently uh, they didn't well, shoot it to like, be a rape scene, but they realized it kind of played that way. So in post, wow. they went like full. Oh, like, so that's a, that's a later it. written and, and joke. some stuff in. I would believe that because the reason I didn't read it this way, which to be clear, Jack Frost, who can turn into water, has uh, inhabited the bathtub where Shannon Elizabeth is is just relaxing and then forms and shakes Shannon Elizabeth to death. I know he's supposed to be uh, smashing Shannon Elizabeth against the wall, but it just reads like they're shaking. And then as as, as she dies, he what what is what does Jack Frost actually say? Does anyone remember the line? It's something about Christmas only coming once a year. Christmas. It's Christmas. No, no, it's, <laughs> oh, I no, just remembered it's, something it's... like, was that good for you? Or I might be remembering it, no, this wrong, but the point is, like, Jack Frost has so many quips that don't make any fucking sense right. in context to the scene that just happens. Which is no, honestly it, it... my biggest problem with this movie. It's definitely says, indebted Christmas to came child early. Play. I'm sorry. And was it good for you? So, like, it's Oh, so I only remember, though, was it good for you? Which... Yeah, no, it's it's gross. It's very gross. It is unfortunate. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. There's also, like, um, the Shannon Elizabeth and uh, Tommy, who's, I, I don't know Not why I'm referring to one of them as their actor name. <laughs> I only know the name, name of what actor in this movie. Yeah. Well, and they shout out, they yell Tommy's name a lot for some reason in this movie, I feel like. Anyway, they're undressed. Their undressing sexy scene is pretty funny. I, I enjoyed the terrible editing on that. It was cute. I, I, you're gonna, I mean, I, I wouldn't call it terrible editing. I would call no, the no, rest it's good, of the film but like terrible it's editing. Yeah, yeah. The movie, the movie feels like it's, it's really, I, I was, so I remember, barely remembered this movie aside from the ending and watching it. It's like super 90s. It's not nearly as 90s as the Michael Keaton movie, but, um, it's got like so much 70s in it too. Like it's yeah. very, like it's shot on super 16. Everything's like super deep depth of field. But the night is all blue, like all of the '90s were, and it just nails that cheesy '70s slasher movie stuff, but with so much more of a letting you in on the fun, which the '70s wasn't great at. So I was having a really good time watching. Like every time someone's murdered and the detectives are investigating, they do the same low angle shot over the dead body, looking up at the three of them. <laughs> While one of them is like eating and one of them is getting kind of sick. And then the sheriff's like, man, this is getting serious. And it's um, the motifs in this movie are, are, are very well done and classy. And like it knows exactly what it is and is playing yeah. their strengths. If I hadn't um, recognized one of the one of the actors and was able to put it in my head, like versus how old she was in other films that I have seen, I would have assumed this movie was made in 1984. Yeah, that's fair. Like, this was it's, her first movie, I think. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, it's it, w- it would make more sense if, it, if it's shot like specifically as as a throwback to other things. But like, one of the things that made this movie so boring for me is like, there's so many sh- so many scenes that are done in like long takes, but the acting is very very bad and you can't save it with any sort of editing or over the shoulder so my attention just drifts away (laughs) immediately you know i think part of that might be gavin mentioned this is shot on 16 millimeter it was also shot mostly with short ends meaning Mm -hmm. 
like uh kind of the scraps from real movies <laughs> they would just take the uh leftover film stock yeah, yeah leftover film and um and you know that's a great like cost saving move uh move for for something like this that which i'm sure was um i mean i'm sure i mean i'm sure the budget of jack frost uh slasher jack <laughs> frost is like enormous by today's independent horror standards but oh, yeah. at the at the time it seemed like you know very much like a directed video the writer director said that they he directed the movie because they couldn't afford a real director and that most of them he was usually a writer and the movies that people would direct from scripts that he'd written usually had bigger catering budgets than they had for their entire movie that checks out (laughs) and i believe the michael keaton one has an 80 plus million dollar budget and that's just the catering yeah (laughs) just the catering that can't be right. <laughs> Although, uh, there's a very real question about, like, there's, you know, there's Flubber-style CGI throughout the entire Jack Frost, and they have a main character. That's the Michael Keaton movie, just to, yes. just to clarify. Not the, the three-piece <laughs> puppet <laughs> in the serial killer Jack Frost. So, like, I don't know the answer, but I'm, I'm very curious how much each of those things cost. I mean, so the, the Michael Keaton movie, too, has... Um, Jim Henson doing the doing building the puppets which that movie for me at least watching it like parts of it look amazing mm-hmm. with the parts. snowman going through and then parts of it look awful real bad and it's like the you're tracking in the, when they're in on the, the sled. same scene yeah, yeah like in the same scene you'll have like this amazing looking sled section and then like this amazingly terrible looking sled section it's I, I don't know if they ran out of money if there were different post uh houses or like they added certain sections later but there's <laughs> marketable jumps in quality there's a whereas weird kind of like sam raimi energy in the michael so, keaton one where he, like <laughs> launching the snowball across mm-hmm. the uh like the the snowball's eye view during one of these elaborate like yeah. snowball fights there's some truly great shots in the michael keaton that, movie like there was the scene where Jack Frost comes to life uh, starts in the room and then, like, steady cams out and wraps around. And, like, today you would, like, stitch that together digitally. And they may have even done this in 98. I watched the sequence a few times. I think they just had to, like, remove the wall when it was off mm-hmm. camera and then put it back and run away. <laughs> the opening snow fight, which we've mentioned a couple times, too, is, like, so amazing. Because I, uh, I know... It's sound but, designed like a war sequence. <laughs> you hear, like, bullets yeah, and you stuff. just hear helicopters, like uh, Apache helicopters roaming in the distance. Um, yeah, I had a really good time with the Michael Keaton Jack Frost, you guys. Parts of it, I, it just was, it's two hours long and it should have been seven The tight minutes. 90, like the, like, like Slasher Frost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is still too long. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I had a better time with both of these than I thought I would, to be honest, but we'll, we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I so Sam Raimi actually almost did direct the Michael Keaton one. Wait, really? Hell yeah, yeah. He was in he was in talks for it. That's that would have been a career <laughs> move. <laughs> I yeah. do not think he would have gotten Spider Man if he had made that move. <laughs> well, think about how how many more cool like push in shots and just like that would have that would have been a cool movie from a cinematography perspective. A cool movie, yes, about snow. Man. I would have been chill with it. Hmm. Um, I want to really quickly just toss out that um, the Jack Frost uh, Michael Keaton movie has a had an eighteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes, I think. And uh, anyone want to take a guess on what the horror one has? It's got to be lower. 
I would imagine. Wait, um, Michael Keaton, the Michael Keaton one had a what on Rotten Tomatoes? I believe it's 18. I am double checking right now. 18%. I'm going to guess like 7 for the slasher. It is exactly 7%. (laughs) Which is one of the lowest uh, ratings I've ever seen. Uh, What does Jack Frost 2 Revenge of the Killer Snowman uh, have a... I bet it's one of those that didn't quite. It only get has five four reviews. reviews. I don't. Ninety-two percent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they really, really got together in the second movie. Really figured out. I, I have seen the second one. Uh, just really quick. I do not recommend you watch it. Uh, okay. But it is the whole premise. It. I guess they were just tired of making fake snow because the whole premise is they go to like a tropical island for Christmas. What? It's a real like uh, Christmas with the crank scenario. <laughs> Uh, I did look at the and cover, and it's they, like the same course, cover, but he's wearing a lay. <laughs> exactly. It's brilliant from How a marketing did... perspective. <laughs> but ironically, it did nothing but rain when they shot in the in uh, oh. wherever they shot it. So, the irony. It's not like they could afford more shooting days. Yeah. Nor any. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I want to talk really quick, if we can, about the design of these two snowmen. Um, yes, because the there are some key differences. You'd be forgiven for thinking that they're almost identical, but um, Slasher Jack Frost has a carrot for a nose, uh, mm-hmm. in the, as we see in the unfortunate uh, semi-rape scene. Uh, Michael Keaton has like a like a little cork nose, which is kind of cute. He sure uh, does. He's got a little pug nose. And um, Michael Keaton has stick arms. Slasher Jack Frost has like these oven mitts <laughs> that are uh, made of snow. And, like they're literally yeah. white oven mitts. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think they both have scarves. And uh, but but um, the Michael Keaton one has a cool hat that uh, yes. he wore in life when he was a blues, blues rock musician. singer yeah. for the Jack Frost band. But pretty different design, and I and I feel like the um, the Michael Keaton one has very much like the Michael Keaton eyebrows, like the very like sharp V eyebrows, but not the little soul patch. Which are weird. yeah, they're a little terrifying. If I'm gonna be honest, on a snowman, uh, they make me unnerv- make me nervous. Yeah, unnerved. There's a lot of talk online about how uh, George Clooney was originally supposed to be the lead in yeah. uh, the Michael Keaton one. Um, that also would have worked really well in 98. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and some people claim that you can see, like, George Clooney's... Because, exp- I mean, it is on the record that Jim Henson was already building snowmen that looked like George Clooney. But I believe the one that's in the finished movie... Just as a It was redone to look more like Michael Keaton. But they... I don't know. It really looks like neither of them. It looks like a big old... Yeah. Like, big old uh, lumpy snowman. Yeah, I never caught that, like, the snowman was actually supposed to, like, physically resemble Michael Keaton. Uh, commenting on the snowman's build, one of the only things I actually remember from the Michael Keaton movie growing up is in the trailer. Uh, his kid is falling off of a cliff after being chased by bullies. Uh-huh. And the snowman erects like a seesaw to like throw himself up in the air to catch his kid and then fall back safely to the ground. And then you get another great bit of um, American prose. Sometimes it pays to have a big butt. And yeah. uh, 
that's that's a line in a movie, I guess. Look, there are there are good quips and bad quips in both of these films. Mostly bad in both of these. <laughs> Mostly bad in both of these films. Uh, one thing I'm not a fan of in any movie, uh, or when my roommate does it, is just people talking <laughs> to themselves for no reason. Yeah, that just does happen a lot. Constantly. I'm a little bit more okay when like, a serial killer is doing yeah. it in both of these movies. And also in my apartment. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about Snow Vision, too. Because we get like a very a very cute version of that seventies slasher theme, where you get like a frosted panel of glass, basically that whenever we're in the snow in the evil snowman's view um, point of view, reaching out and murdering people. Mm-hmm. That's fun. And yeah, and you know, of course, the snowman can't walk in the serial killer one, so he just kind of is off camera. You just hear him scooting around. It's like a very silly version of like the. Ch-ch-ch. Yeah, like, which kind of works. I picked up on that. Yeah, Friday the Thirteenth, but like the 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 snowman scooting around on the background is, oh boy, so silly. I uh, I did appreciate that they went pretty creative with the kills. I'm mm-hmm. talking about the Michael Keaton one. No, the slasher <laughs> one. Uh, I uh, like it just that cuts you to know black. you've got There's a guardrail and then it cuts to black. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, recording in that one. I like that you know they're all snow themed. I mean, it reminds me of uh, uh, one uh, a Christmas horror movie I actually like better than this is Santa's Sleigh with mm-hmm. Bill Goldberg, the professional wrestler. That's also very good at this. Is like every kill is themed. Like, I mean, for, well, generally, for, like, a Christmas vibe, like, you get an icicle killing, you get yep. a woman impaled on a Christmas tree somehow, basically she through editing. To be the angel and, growing and, up. Yeah. That's my favorite it, little, she's like, to, to, to set it up how I'm going to die. I've always wanted to be the angel at the top of a tree. There's, it's, it's clear they couldn't quite, they're the limitations of the puppet in that scene, because she's kind of killed by editing, because, like, it's just zooming in really fast on the snowman's face, and then it'll be a yeah. close-up of, uh, of, like, a piece of tinsel going over her. There's a weird moment where a guy gets an axe handle put down his throat. Yeah, that was um, a choice. Which, you know, kind of <laughs> creative. It's so great. The axe comes up over the head, and then the handle gets shoved down his throat. <laughs> yeah. And uh, at the time that, that, that Killer Frost is murdering people, which, by the way, we should have decided earlier, one of these movies is Killer Frost and one of them is Snow Dad. Yeah, um, okay. Well, Snow Dad is better than No Dad. Uh, <laughs> That's what they keep saying. Defense. It's such a good line. Uh, yeah, the handle goes down. There's there's some very great creative kills from the icicle projectiles. Um I I love the opening of of the serial killer one. Like the opening credits, mm-hmm. which is just someone telling a story to their kid as it tracks over uh, a Christmas a tree yeah. or, with yeah, every no, every uh, producer and director and above the line just actually written out uh, is by far the best part of this movie. It's pretty fun. <laughs> For the first five I do not of this... like that it's clearly a per, uh, like a grown up doing a little kid's voice, but it's, it's I like the, I like though. the setup of it though. Yeah, it really it's it sets the tone, and then like the 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 actual opening scene with the um the the state execution vehicle. It's called something yeah. very silly. That <laughs> no, it's called something like exactly like that. Yeah, it is. Very yeah, the silly. the uh, yeah the state execution vehicle. Like, there's a lot of shots. There's a lot of like constraint that makes me think that this movie's gonna have like a lot of interesting filmmaking 
I feel like this movie tricked me, is what I'm saying, because it had me on board for, like, the first five, ten minutes. And it has me on board every time uh, Jack Frost is actually murdering people. Uh, and the, the rest of the movie is very boring. I feel like most of the movie is... <laughs> maybe I've already, like, edited out the bad bits in my head, but... Mm-hmm. Pretty high kill count from the snowman, I feel like. Uh, but I, I agree. The townspeople are pretty lame. They're trying to go for, like, the Twin Peaks sort of, everyone's so kooky vibe, but that doesn't yeah. really work. Everyone kind of sucks. Everyone kind of um, sucks. Sean, well, really quick, how does how does the sheriff catch Jack Frost when he's human? Um, I believe he just pulls him over on the side of the road and Jack Frost immediately starts acting like a crazy serial killer <laughs> instead of just like, I don't know, talking his way out of it. Yeah, he's like, hey, uh, settle down there. Put, you know what, but just lie on the ground for a second. And he's like, you'll regret this forever, Sheriff. <laughs> I'll haunt you. I'm dreams. the serial killer, Jack Frost, and you have caught me. <laughs> it's actually well, just one speeding, step but... <laughs> dumber than that. I believe the car is already pulled over, and he's well, just yeah, he's off in the woods peeing. doing something. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't afford uh, moving vehicles. It's uh, <laughs> a lot of poor man's process in this movie. Or just cars already parked or dollied into scenes. And a lot of wacky colors, too. That first scene is entirely lit in like red and green for like no reason. Anytime mm-hmm. anyone's driving, they're like super underlit, like they're telling a scary story around a campfire. Um, it's, it's a, it's a very goofy looking movie. They have a lot of fun in it. Any other specifics you want to chat about these two movies or should we put them up? I want to talk about, I think there's some very interesting music choices in both of these (laughs) films. Like that was the, they both have very distinct soundtracks. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually, I really liked the Michael Keaton one with like some of the song choices. Um, the entire, uh, Jack Frost coming to life is set to Fleetwood Max changes. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of very bluesy choices in, in that soundtrack. I love, uh, one of my favorite moments actually is before Jack Frost has come to life in that movie, um, his best friend is wa- is babysitting their son and they're watching um, Stevie Ray Vaughan play Texas Flood on the television. And his friend's like, you know... Your dad really looked up to Steve Ray Vaughan. He was one of his biggest inspirations. He even played with him a few times. And his son goes, wow. So he uh, he could make time for people, huh? Shitty <laughs> kid. Have some respect for the fucking dead. Um, I would say the big difference between the music uh, in the Michael Keaton Jack Frost and the slasher Jack Frost is... Uh, the slasher Jack Frost did not have a music budget. It's clearly like public domain Christmas carols, which, mm-hmm. you know, respect. It's not. They... Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, uh, it's something you and then just like the royalty-free library. Like the music, that the diegetic mu- music that they're listening to in scenes is crazy. It's like not music that you would ever listen to. It's like full-on elevator music that they clearly got from whatever free music library existed in 1997. Uh, And it's, and I can pinpoint that sound because it's like the sound of like every student film project has Mm -hmm. that kind of sound from that era. It's Uh, possible. They just brought the recorder to their local grocery store during Christmas season. (laughs) 
I mean, it's it's possible. Whereas... But it was all like they horror tinged it somehow. I don't know if mm-hmm. those were things that already existed, but like they managed to make those very recognizable jingles, uh, just like a little creepy, a little scary. Yeah, I like the I like the use of the Christmas music for sure. But I think about some of the kill sequences where they just went for like wacky. And that, mm-hmm. to me, is, like, what you yeah. shouldn't do in a horror <laughs> comedy. Like, you should play the kills pretty, like, straight. I mean, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they can be really over the top. But I feel like in a Friday the 13th movie, you generally would not hear, like, as Jason is hacking someone up. Because that kind of, like, I feel like the humor should more come from the characters. Like, even Nightmare on Elm Street, which is very goofy. Yeah. yeah, the characters. Also, like, if you just replace Jason with this version of Jack Frost, I don't <laughs> I don't think it's possible to scare me in this film. So I I do appreciate them just trying to make me have a good time. Yeah, I, I was it. thinking about this, like, is it possible to make a snowman genuinely scary? And mm-hmm. I will say that Krampus, the 2015 Krampus, does have some creepy... They don't talk, I think, is the key... But they just look outside and there's just more and more snowmen that they're getting closer and closer to the house. And they all just look really messed up. I feel like that's the way you could make a creepy snowman. But once they're like interacting with people and talking, you know, there's really no uh, way to make that scary. And and I, I think that we should also mention that the the slasher owes a lot to Child's Play, Chucky. Like the whole idea of a serial killer's soul going yeah. into a thing and then just being Mr. Wise ass <laughs> while he goes around killing people. Like that's just straight up Chucky. It's uh, also Shocker predates this and this extremely oh, yeah. similar as well. And uh, a worse version of this, yes there are there are worse versions of this is a uh, Ginger Dead Man with Gary Busey. <laughs> oh my god. Which sounds great, but uh no. that that Ginger Dead Man is in the movie like all of three minutes, it feels like. And the rest is just, like, padding for time. Like, let's get to 70 minutes, people. We can do it. Uh, whereas, I feel what I appreciate about Jack Frost is you actually do get a ton of time with the snowman. Even though he looks shitty. They know yeah. he looks shitty. He but looks... it's just like, let's, let's you know, let's have him on screen. Why not? When like... Jack Frost, the creature, is on screen and not quipping it's fantastic and i do appreciate that this movie has like all of five maybe ten minutes uh before there's just a killer snowman as opposed to michael keaton just having uh like a a a light low stakes family drama for 30 minutes before it gets too snowy and he dies there's another horror movie from this era which also had the holographic cover called uh uncle sam where it's just Uncle mm-hmm. Sam pointing at you at the cover and he becomes a skeleton. Uh, I bring that up only because that's one of those where it, it takes halfway through the movie for the evil Uncle Sam to show up. And it's just like, before that, it's just like a lot of talk about what patriotism means. <laughs> and like a lot of just like high-minded, you know, uh, political and uh, th- that sort of talk. Which again, just feels like padding. Uh, so I uh, yeah I also appreciate that this gets right down to business. Like let's let's get this snowman in in action right away. I want to pivot to uh, just because this feels like a a clear predecessor for Thanksgiving, which I know Sean I watched with you for the first time. 
Oh yeah. How how do you see like that history of just to back up a little bit from just holiday or like winter to holidays to horror movies, especially since we just did a very Christmas tinged uh, horror movie. Where does this fit in that world for you in terms of like hierarchy, timing, inspiration, etc.? I mean, I think that the the I mean, I think it all kind of traces back to the original Halloween where, mm-hmm. you know, that was a movie called that was originally supposed to be called The Babysitter Murders. Then they're like, oh, it'd be what? a great marketing gimmick if it's all set on the night of Halloween and there has not been a movie called Halloween yet. And I feel like since then, everything has sort of been indebted to that. There's April Fool's Day. There's New Year's right, Evil. Uh, and I feel like, uh, I feel like the budgets of these movies are getting smaller and smaller and smaller. I know this is something that I talk about every time I'm on this podcast, but so I think that, you know, we talk about Jack Frost as being a low budget movie, just as we talked about the original Halloween being a low budget for its time, but that had like a $300,000 budget, which is kind of like big by today's tiny horror standards and i think thanks killing is like seven thousand and it looks and feels like a seven thousand dollar movie and i think that it's also kind of on this path of embracing being shitty like jack frost is kind of halfway doing this Mm -hmm. whereas thanks killing i think in some ways is more successful just because it's fully like hey we're garbage and we're just gonna revel in that and we're gonna have like it says on the box like tits in the first second (laughs) like as if that's a marketing point like they very much have zeroed in on like scumbags like me (laughs) who are like the target audience for this sort of trash and uh tell your deviant friends yeah but uh actually jack frost neither of these jack frost movies have boobies in them just i was a little surprised to be honest well there's snow boobs in both that is true i guess (laughs) snow boobs better than no boobs Um, (laughs) yes To paraphrase a, a great uh, classic movie line. We're going to add this to the rotating still good bits. <laughs> uh, I mean, oh uh, yeah, and I will say that there, I mean, of course, Jack Frost, Thanks Killing, Ginger Dead Man, all these things are just totally morally reprehensible, but that's mm-hmm. kind of part of the fun of them, is that, uh, you know, it's you, you have to kind of go outside of mainstream movies to get this level of, like, just disgusting trash <laughs> that we revel in and we celebrate. There is there is a joy in watching something like this and just, just stroking your chin and thinking, oh, you shouldn't have spent money on this. I, I would have loved to see this with an audience, though, too. Like, mm-hmm. to be able to look to the person next to you and be like, you're here with me. You're not better than me. I'm not alone in like, I I laughed at that. I feel a slight tinge of shame. But when I look around, you know, this theater, uh, you know, I don't feel so bad about myself. I guess I don't know. Totally. No, I know exactly what you mean. All right. So it's going to be hard to do this with, uh, with two movies, but I think we're at that point where we start rating them Mm -hmm. in, uh, in our, in our three tier system. Uh, which I think I got on this one. Is it okay. is it still good? Is it better as a memory? Or uh, do we put antifreeze in its oats? 
which I don't I don't remember if we mentioned it, but like that kid would have just killed his dad. You yeah, can't yeah. ingest oh, we talked that about much it. antifreeze. <laughs> no, okay. anti antifreeze is not not good for the human soul. No, it's it's toxic. <laughs> I don't know if either of you grew up with antifreeze, but like I don't know if it would kill a human per se, but like it'll kill your fucking cat. Yeah. No, it's not it's not good for you. Um but yeah, no, okay, I'll I'll go first and like we'll experiment with rating two movies back to back. Um so I had seen the serial killer slasher uh, Jack Frost and not the Michael Keaton one. So off the bat, the I, I remember that movie being pretty trash. I really only remember the ending, and I do not have like I remember it existing, and it, it definitely blends into like uh, I think it's Santa's sleigh or I, I've seen like some Santa Claus themed like either Black Christmas or or just I've seen one Santa Claus horror movie that's not terribly good and i'd seen this movie which I remember not being terribly good i had a much better time than i thought i would watch in this movie it was much more fun and in on the joke and like referential to the history of horror before it than i remembered and it doesn't overstay its welcome too much like it moves along pretty fast it does a lot of very dumb things it makes jokes that are cringy that then it moves on from and makes another joke in like the next two seconds. So I had a very good time. I was surprised. Still good's a weird thing to say about it, but it's definitely better than I remembered it. Um, and if you're looking for a, a goofy Christmas themed horror movie, like, you know, you could do much worse. This was pretty fun. Uh, when it comes to the Michael Keaton movie, um, again, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Uh, I hadn't seen it before. I had extremely low expectations. Um, <laughs> but, like, the opening snowball fight is very fun and, like, actually well done. Um, Michael Keaton being, like, a charming dad is, like, toxic to me in certain ways. It's, like, just way too toxically wholesome, especially because we're supposed to think he's not good at being a dad. And it's just, like, he's disgustingly charming and everyone it loves him for it. And I'm just, like, I don't want to see this happy of a family and, like, you expect me not to think this is happy. I kind of rejected it. Um, but then, you know, when he's a snowman and they're going on wacky hijinks that are both, like, not working and kind of working better than they should. Um, but, again, the bar that the movie sets up for itself is so low that it kind of succeeds at clearing it anyway. It just limps across. I'm going to give it a better as a memory because it's not good. I don't recommend you watch this movie. But if you're forced to uh, and have to talk about it on a podcast, like we've seen worse movies, I don't know. Yeah. So, <laughs> and the cartoon, the cartoon, like you know, it's placed in history. It's it's beautiful. If you want to see some old animation, you could do worse. It's great. So yeah, Next. we should just add a category of could do worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I'm gonna. Uh, I'll I'll chime in really quick. Uh, yep. I think I might go better as a memory for the slasher one. Mm -hmm. um, just because I think of the cover art and I think about the movie it could have been, I guess. And I think I might go better as a memory for the Michael Keaton one, even though I didn't grow up with it. Because I imagine like if you did grow up with it, like you probably have very <laughs> fond, weepy memories of it. And it might come off a little creepy as an adult. So I think that's what I'll say about that. Okay. All right, so it's it's probably not going to be a surprise how I feel about the serial killer, Jack Frost, considering I have I have not been kind to it this whole episode. Uh, but one thing I do really want to highlight is 
this movie does not have Michael Keaton. It's, it has, what's his name? Scott McDonald, who's just a void of charisma. He's not in, wow. engaging as a serial killer. And like, even just as voiceover is just like, I am annoyed constantly in this movie. I'm also bitter that it, it tricked me in the first up until the point where he gets blasted by acid, I'm kind of enjoying it. But right before he does that, he just pauses and says, oh, this is going to hurt. And here's the thing. He's not a magic killer snowman yet. There's no point mm-hmm. for that in this movie. And that's the moment I knew that that movie tricked me. I mean, I, I think so it's I think that... poorly. I'm giving my judgments. Okay, all right. Right now, sir. You love, you love to butt in. <laughs> Sorry. I'm riled up about pure that. evil. I think I would put antifreeze in that movie's oatmeal. Okay. Um, the Michael Keaton version, I just, I just enjoyed. That felt like the sort of Christmas I grew up. That was the the world's. I grew up. I grew up in Alaska. I grew up in snow days and snowball fights, and I loved living in that time. Uh, just for a little bit, I enjoyed just watching Michael Keaton in in just a family drama a lot more than I wanted. Uh, a lot more than I expected, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought the rest of the movie was was fun enough. Um, I liked it. I think that one's still good. So you've had a real snow day before. I've had yes, many snow days. Like and like school's been canceled. Yeah, and that's hard to do in Alaska. We're ready. It has to like snow <laughs> four feet. To yeah. I could count. We've maybe had like one a year, and like it's usually if the first snow dump is like over uh-huh. a meter, and just the infrastructure is not quite there yet. No one was ready for it. Do you go out and have fun on that day, or is it you are? Just oh yeah. Like, okay. We'll build. We'll be. We'll build Quincy's. We'll have like neighborhood school fights. Just, just, just school fights. This is exactly is like Quincy? this movie made it out to be. <laughs> All right, so a Quincy is is like an igloo. Um, an igloo, you're 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 digging down under, and you're 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 basically carving out ice and stacking it. So it's not a thing that you can make on first snowfall. A Quincy mm-hmm. is where you just make a mound of snow, or you can just let the snowplows uh, pull it up, and you you pack it as much as possible, and then you uh, you you pick out the inside, and then it's like you know fifty sixty degrees inside. Uh, we definitely should have covered all of this at the, at the beginning, talking about memories, because <laughs> like I'm I'm now realizing that I had very different winters and, and Christmases than y'all. Yeah, no, I mean I I did like a little bit of snow sculpturing. Like I remember one Christmas. It was also the time that like uh, there was enough snow, and I, I'm not used to again being around snow. So we were I was walking around this place that my my family and a couple of other families had rented together. And I was walking towards the house not realizing that the snow was like four feet deep or something. And we were walking like the walkway to the house was lined with rose bushes, Mm -hmm. which I'd never seen because they were covered by snow. Uh, And I stepped into a rose bush. Oh, and got my leg stuck. Couldn't get out. Uh, Everyone was laughing at me. Uh And then they went and grabbed the parents because Mm -hmm. I could not get out of this rose bush. Silly city boy. Yeah, and the the parents came out and they were like, "Wow, look at Gaffin! Look at Gavin pulling a gaff here! What a silly kid!" Gaffin. You know, I don't believe you. And they went back inside and left me there, and I was outside <laughs> in the snow, <laughs> trapped in a rosebush for another like it felt like twenty minutes until finally the parents were like, "Hey, maybe he's not kidding." Oh, so this is why you hate Christmas. <laughs> 
yes. because of your your thorny past. Mm-hmm. Gavin became a snowman. My my heart snunk, or shrunk ten sizes that day. Yeah. There's um, also a it's lot, a wonder of, a I'm lot still of hockey alive. in this movie. That it, yeah, I've never played hockey. Yeah. There's a lot of personal reasons for why I really enjoyed the Michael Keaton one. I don't I don't know how much I can translate necessarily, but like the mm-hmm. movie itself didn't do any anything to remove my enjoyment from like living in that world of magical realism. Interesting. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. All right. So this will be a nice twist, Sean. Uh, you may not know this, but uh, we own the rights to Jack Frost be- because it's public domain. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and we've been tasked with uh, making, squeezing more money out, really milking that snowman, if you will. Um, so to continue this Jack Frost off, we have to uh, develop. We have to develop more. We have to develop more. We have to we remake a Jack Frost, make a Jack Frost series, board game, video game, any sort of adaptation. Uh, and we they have given us more of a budget than the uh, 1997 movie, but not as much as the Michael Keaton movie. We're reviving a canceled undercover police program from the 80s. Oh, it's not a remake, it's a reboot. You see, the guys in charge of this stuff lack creativity. What the fuck is a reboot? So all they do now is recycle shit from the past. We're working on less of a shriekle and and more of a screaming. Expect us all not to notice. I like it. Another! I I would do a gritty reboot of the 97 one. I mean, there'd still be a little element Wait. of comedy, but uh, a gritty reboot, <laughs> a little, a little gritty, gritty, uh, relatively gritty, gritty. The mascot from the uh, <laughs> hockey team, right? Correct. He just Correct. takes. Okay, you're bordering the on my idea, but you know it's fine. Uh, I what I was thinking is, um, there's some murders happening in a snowy town, and the clues gradually lead to a snowman, and uh, you would sink more of the budget into the snowman itself you could just get some solid you know character actors to play the cast we don't need we don't the snowman's the star we don't need a michael keaton in this one uh unless it's unless it's the voice of the snowman because the voice acting of the snowman in the 97 jack frost was not great i will say Mm -mm. um so yeah get a get a good voice actor for that uh yeah and just uh you know, lean into the Christmassy nature of it all, uh, get real snow or just get more convincing fake snow um, mm-hmm. and have like a real score. And I think you've automatically got a better movie than the 97 Jack Frost. No and does disrespect. He, but Does he yeah. leave behind little notes uh, and is Michael Fassbender picking them up and trying to figure out who done it? <laughs> shit you know what we already made this movie and it was perfect and no one Is saw he, it uh, named harry hole hello mr police <laughs> hi jack frost of the jack frost band <laughs> snow clue better than no clue <laughs> yeah um can i pivot to mine yeah that's me i mean that's okay sean so I mean, good uh, Sage, luck you, following you, that up. But <laughs> you talked about well, you talked about uh, hockey, and uh, Sean, you brought up gritty, and I I like the idea of like working in like a sports movie and like a kind of revenge uh, killer situation. So again, yeah, we're going more the I I, I find the, the slasher aspect of this more fun. Um, yeah. 
but so like there's a torrid affair happening between um a hockey player and the wife or like the girlfriend of their mascot and the mascot knows about it and buys a gun and confronts them in the uh locker room that they're hooking up in or something and in self-defense the hockey player kills the mascot but as he's dying somehow he's transferred into the snow cone machine at the hockey rink and uh reforms as like multicolored snow snow cone monster that then follows the hockey team on tour trying to murder them and get back his girlfriend who is of course creeped out by this terrifying snowman jack frost monster and uh it coincides like in front of a big audience because the team's doing well enough so like as the story escalates the audience escalates and it becomes more terrifying and they're following it like a around like a small regional hockey team season and i'm assuming the mascot is a snowman correct oh yeah of course yeah of course yeah yeah Yeah. because i was actually thinking a killer in just like a messed up snowman costume might also be pretty scary like that might be a yes. good way to yeah, kind yeah. of ground yeah. this is if it's actually a person in just like a bloody like fucked up mascot costume well it'd be dumb I guess if it they doesn't were just need, wearing a yeah it doesn't need the magic <laughs> yeah no no one would buy that but yeah that's fine <laughs> I, 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 honestly, would like, that's I would enough. watch Let's that movie with gritty just, <laughs> just like the yeah. character of the gritty bass comes back as gritty um, he's already got yeah, the that's murderized a trope in, yep basically every slasher movie <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean fans of the philadelphia flyers uh live that horror movie at every game you never really see <laughs> well so if we want to do the specifically the gritty movie is a cult forms within the fandom and they start sacrificing uh visiting fans or we in hopes that, it, that in hopes that it boosts the philadelphia flyers like their luck and so they start realizing that they have to murder for their team to win. And it's, you know, you just play on that, um, what's that, superstition. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's sort yeah. of like Shirley the Jackson's gritty, The cult the of gritty. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like all the rejected p- pitches for Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The, um, the pitch I had prepared uh, is, is uh, I just learned, is basically what Krampus was. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah, where um, a family is trapped in in a cabin a in the globe. woods, oh. and it's trapped in a snow globe, and Isn't all that these snowmen are I coming don't to life. That well. All right, so so look, uh, a number of years ago, uh, a friend of mine who was a writer on a movie I worked on uh, told me about his next project, which was basically Assault on Precinct Thirteen, but with Bigfoot. Oh, I thought just, you were going to say found this whole that family of Sasquatches. It sounds fantastic. Here's the thing. David Ellis was on board to direct this, and then he died. <laughs> so Aww. the movies never happens. Uh, so I was just going to like sub out Sasquatch with Snowman and make that my pitch, but apparently that movie already exists in some form. Uh, so I'll say that what I, I, I really want out of these movies, as much as I love the Michael Keaton one, um, I don't need to, to watch that again (laughs) i don't but what i do want is a better version of the 97 and i would just cast michael keaton as Mm. jack frost again uh because one 
I can't think of it off the top of my head, but I'm sure Michael Keaton would be a fantastic fucking serial killer. <laughs> I don't know if he's done it. Um, but I can even think of like his like Spider-Man performance as vultures. Right. I'll kill you. I'll kill your whole family. It's just like Michael Keaton is scary. <laughs> he can be scary. He's always kind of scary too. even when he's trying to be charismatic. His Batman kills people. And <laughs> like, Batman, yeah. Um, and then I would cast Henry Rollins as the sheriff. <laughs> and I would really <laughs> stitch these two movies together and just take the best parts of both of them. And this would work especially better now when both of those actors are in their 60s like you've got the grizzled sheriff henry Rollins is is a fine enough actor um he never died he's got charisma up the wazoo just like he's not given a lot to do in that movie but um you know i've seen i've gone to uh, henry rollins i think like poetry reading or something i don't remember he wasn't with a band and he's just a charming person i'm not a huge black flag flag fan wow (laughs) you're editing this uh i'm not a huge black flag fan but um he's got charisma he is a super enjoyable person to watch and he is smart and carries a lot of just yeah charisma sean have you heard our henry rawlings story uh no i haven't was this on one of the episodes it's not no it's it's a it's a (laughs) real life thing it's not much of a story uh when we went to hardly strictly one summer to go see Big Freedia talk about bucks, butts. <laughs> Gavin, you're editing. <laughs> I'm editing this. <laughs> All right. Uh, we stuck around because Henry Rollins was performing. And he was at like a smaller stage, and I was a little a little surprised. And uh, we went there, and uh, he was he was just... He was just talking. He was just reading some like light poetry and some like anti man, anti corporate stuff. And he was he was just talking. It sounds about right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, kind Pretty of a sweet. letdown. Because <laughs> I not I, well, I guess I didn't pay anything, but I didn't come to see the talk. <laughs> but I would in my Jack Frost reboot. Okay, so yeah. Jack Frost has been re- rebooting, rebooting, uh, red redbot. Red-botted. He's been red-botted. Red-boxed. Red-box. That would be my, my Jack's Frost. Red-boxed isn't giving us money. Red, red Snow. <laughs> red Snow is giving us money. <laughs> I really uh, wish that your reboot pitch had just been the plot of Red Snow. <laughs> don't give me any um, ideas. Closing <laughs> thoughts? I, I don't know. Now I'm now I'm excited. Uh, basically, oh, well, I guess my closing thought is uh, if anyone, I almost got to work on like basically yeah, an assault thir- assault on Precinct Thirteen ripoff. And you point any assault on Precinct Thirteen reboots my direction, I would mm-hmm. love to work on one. <laughs> <laughs> Let's rip off uh, Assault on Precinct Thirteen. Give it you know, creatures from the Black Lagoons, uh, Sasquatches, and and you know, dwarves in like the hills. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, killer elf movie yeah mm-hmm. oh yo down. that would be great that's my pitch <laughs> it's the sasquatch third assault on, on precinct 13 but uh set in north pole alaska yeah. with with santa's elves um it's a secret worth killing for to keep i don't know well, you can work yeah, on the yeah, on the okay. log line mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> the 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 poster is a disembodied head over a over a stock picture of a cabin <laughs> I want to I want to play with this idea for a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. So would that be like, um, Let's break the story? Have the, have the elves just taken too much shit and they turn on Santa, and it's Santa trapped in his in his workshop or factory, uh, trying to stop the elves from getting to him and his wife. 
That's right. Santa is union busting. <laughs> I know. I mean, he doesn't sound like the sympathetic one in this story, but like, you know, it's interesting having like kind of a, a dark, complicated character. Cause, I mean, uh, if you can if you can set it up so that like we're not necessarily rooting for Santa Claus, but we don't want Mrs. To Claus die. to die at the hands yeah. of elves. Yeah, write that movie. Shoot and he it. has to. He has to. He he gets her out, but dies in the process, somewhat redeeming himself. Anywho, and then I think Christmas we did is it. Canceled. <laughs> I'd watch that. Christmas is finally canceled. Shockingly, that's right. Shod, fan of Thanksgiving and New Year's Evil, would you know watch. Would watch. Yes. Film. Secretly, this podcast has been brought to you by the War on Christmas. Um, I think we did it. Should we recommend some things and, and get out in our tight 130? We're only a little bit past the length of the 1997 Jack Frost. <laughs> well, if you like well. Christmas horror movies, you can watch Red Snow. <laughs> Coming to DVD and digital December 28th, I believe. I can now, vouch for this. Uh, I've seen it a few times. It's pretty good. No, if I could make a non-biased recommendation. Uh, similar vibe to Jack Frost, the slasher one is Santa's Slay. That's Santa apostrophe S, S-L-A-Y. Uh, and yeah, it's it's like a, it's just like a higher budget, some recognizable actors in there. Uh, and it's, it's, I think it's just a better executed version of this idea. And there's an interesting uh, mythology behind why Santa is killing people that I enjoy. Okay. Um, Sage, what you got? I, I really have nothing within either of these genres. I'm going to recommend uh, the shocker or is it, sh- is it shocker? Just the idea uh, of the shocker. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, don't twist my word. Shot. Uh, shocker is a very similar movie that's very cheesy um it it's involves Wes Craven, right yeah it's west yeah. craven it's a serial killer uh gets condemned uh to electric death by electrocution but when they sit him down in the electric chair he just becomes electricity and then uses electricity to go around murdering people uh it's another movie kind of like halloween which this movie is too where the serial killer is just pure evil he doesn't have a reason for killing he just likes killing so you just there's no no character to the villain, um, and you just watch him go on a rampage. And if you're an X Files fan, uh, the Shocker is played by Director Skinner, the like head of the FBI that's in mm-hmm. almost every episode, and he's uh, he makes a good bad guy. Well, and I'm gonna say it's not a great movie. Uh, I would I would put it very similar to Jack Frost in certain ways, but it, you know I think both of them are a good time. So. Well, as long as we're talking about objectively not good movies that I think are a good time, (laughs) um, I do have something to plug, which I plug on on many, many, many of these episodes, and that is Wes Craven's My Soul to Take, the worst movie I've ever enjoyed. Oh, yeah. I saw you recommended that last time I was on this podcast. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I know it popped up on uh, Gavin's favorite movie network, Stars, uh, so I'll have to give that a watch. I just got two months of stars on the Amazon Prime deal that happens every Black Friday where they just give a bunch of channels for 99 cents and I get all of them and I watch like three movies so I still lose money. But uh, got stars is what I'm what I'm bragging about. All right, is that Quite it? We looked on. <laughs> for for, uh, for this podcast, um, yeah. 
I think we're we're good. Thank you all for joining us, Sean. Thank you for joining us. Go good. check out Red Snow. Yeah. What did I say? Yeah. <laughs> you said you said we're good, and I yeah. I made a joke. I made a pun because this stay is good a, out there, this y'all. This is a podcast of bits. Keep being <laughs> still good, Santa babies. Bye. Yeah, yeah. Ice Bye. to see you. <laughs> Do you know what killed the dinosaurs? The ice Look, age. Snow podcast is better than no podcast. <laughs> hey <Hey-o. laughs>